Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Danielle. In this episode of the podcast, I am talking to a dear friend and colleague, uh, Kersha Campbell, and she's going to talk about parenting and just safe spaces for parents to be able to relax into and talk about some of the stories that shape us as parents and some of the stories that is happening to our children now and are shaping them and how can we support each other and how can we, what are the things that we need to do in order to be able to support our children to, to grow and to flourish. So thank you for joining me and help me welcome Kersha to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Kersha. Um, would you like to tell people about who you are before we go into our conversation today? Okay, thank you so much for having me, George. Uh, you know, it's a pleasure to be here. I see it as a true privilege to share with your audience and you and, of course, support the awesome work you're doing. So I am a twin mom. I wear many hats. I'm an author, speaker. I help businesses in the era of ensuring that they have systems, financial systems, processes leading to cash flow, wealth, and just understanding their business in a deeper, deeper way. So that's me and a volunteer side of that. I'm usually having fun with my twin boys. We enjoy outdoors and also volunteering in the community. We you know, support whatever community we're in. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> Thank you, Kersha. You're, you're always busy with those boys, aren't you? <laughs> oh, it never stops learning and relearning and learning again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's good to have children at that age they really keep us busy don't they we're always having to answer 500 questions a minute and yes <laughs> and your boys boys are active well some boys they anyway are different. very yes. very active so we were talking about like Kersha is a contributor to the come see a man devotional and your stories uh, even though Knowing you over the years, I, I know some of them. I think reading the stories and seeing your heart um, from, you know, as you tell the stories from a place of the mom that is in the waiting room or the mom that is parenting made my heart for you because I'm like, sometimes, you know, as moms, I don't think we should go through anything on our own. Um, like, and sometimes it can still be lonely. And we we're talking about that because a post I read to you about at the end of it, the author said that I, uh, if you're a parent, I hope that you will find safe space to pray. What, what did that mean to you? Does that resonate with you? Like finding safe space to pray as a parent? It, it, it just hit me really deep down to be honest, because uh, you know, there's some times you read something or hear someone's experience and you can emphasize. And there are other times when it's like, it's you. And that was it for me just hearing that. Because to be honest, there are times when I can just definitely relate to, you know, not having a safe space, mm. you know, it, based on the intensity that's the, the intense moments I'm going through as a mom, you know, a parent, there's just not a safe space. And it's like your family, they might not understand or they might you know, blame you and say it's because of you why this is happening or you need to do this and not realizing that it's never a quick fix. Sometimes it can be other moms as well because they may be like, okay, you know, coming from a judgmental point, well, my kids are like this, why aren't yours like that? You know, you get into that comparison spiral yeah. <laughs> and 
definitely not having a safe space is uh, very can, can make things very even more intense and there are times it does lead you even to God to be crying out and say why it's like God is silent you're trying so many of the principles from the Bible are soft answer turn it away right you, you dive into it and it's still like a roadblock and that can be very 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 intense mm-hmm. yeah, parent parenting can sometimes be a lonely road isn't it even when you're parenting with when you're when you have a partner because and I said can be a lonely road especially if you're dealing with challenges with your children that people don't understand that people they're ignorant to because they don't allow themselves to learn about it yes. to 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 know the challenges and how what that is like for you they they will want your child to be this or this and want you to be this kind of mother and it can be such a lonely road it it definitely is and I often reflect there's so many times I feel I feel lonely and I know it's going to happen going along just the same. There are periods of loneliness and the loneliness comes because regardless of you being surrounded by family or friends, at the end of the day, you're in your home, you're in your room with your kids by yourself. So it's lonely. And also my, my, my husband, he's hardly here, he works out of country. So a lot of times, um, alone with my, my my little ones so again it leads to that being lonely and loneliness sometimes it's not only a physical loneliness it's yeah. also loneliness emotional it's like you're going through these intense moment tantrums you know growth spurts you know your challenges as a as a mom you want to be a godly mom a good mom however you find yourself failing you're snapping or at the end of the day, the night you're like oh you know, how did the day turn out like that? Or, you know, so many regrets. And those moments are lonely. It's like you're walking them by yourself. Yeah. And that, again, leads to very, in, in just more intense intensity because it's hard enough to handle the issues and then feeling like there's no support. It just adds, it, it's like a snowball impact. It's adding, adding, adding more to what's happening. So, it definitely can be lonely. And I think I'm finding more and more that in connecting with other moms, in reading and trying to learn more, I'm realizing that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a journey that a lot of persons are going through. Mm-hmm. And the more you can connect with persons who are going through that, the right persons, it will impact your journey, your loneliness and how you go along with it. But it starts mm. with that connecting with the right persons. Absolutely. You, emotional loneliness, I, I, I thought that is exactly what it is, emotional loneliness, because physically we can have people in our vicinity and that will help us with practical things. But when we don't have a space where we can go talk about just the impact, where we have honest spaces where we can be honest and authentic, and I suppose that's what a safe space is for a parent, where we can just go talk about what's going on for us now. Uh, I had supervision this morning and I think half an hour of my supervision was taken up with me just going, well, this is, this is how I'm feeling as a parent. This is what I'm dealing with. And this is what I need. And my supervisor, bless her. She's the best. She just kind of just listened and let me talk about my fears and um, my anxieties around parenting through a certain phase and, and, and a difficult part of our parenting journey 
and what that is like for me. She's she's amazing with resources. So I just noticed that she's emailed me some resources, but I don't have anywhere else where I can just go be as honest as that and say, yes. I, have, I have a friend, I have a friend, I have to say that I, I can be as honest as that with her. And she, and she listens, never felt judged or um, told what to do or criticized, or my son is still safe with her as well. And so very few places that I'm, I'm, I'm happy sending my children because of that. So I, I understand that emotional, that emotional loneliness that you just mentioned, Kersha, that, that, Yes, and, and it's a real issue because, uh, you know, you think of it, every mom, every situation, every family is different. However, if you are sharing what you're going through with another family, another parent, a fellow mom, and they can't relate to it, then it's going to be hard for them to really understand. And I know no one will ever understand unless yeah. they walk in your shoes, but it's it's not easy for them to you know, connect with really what you're going through. When you talk about, you know, I have a, a friend and she's going through, one of her friends, they're going through some intense moments with teens. And she's like, I honestly can't relate because my teen is perfect. He doesn't have, he doesn't back talk. Oh. So you can't connect. You know, she's like, I don't know what to say because I hear people saying the teenagers are rough, but my teen has just been perfect. Perfect. Right? I, mean, I wonder yeah. what water they, I wonder what they drink. You know, to be perfect, <laughs> no exactly. challenges. So, yeah, so it, it and it brings that that um that barrier too, because if yeah. you're gonna talk to someone and they can't understand, guess what? My my my, my little ones, they have tantrums over an hour. The first thing that's gonna come to them is, "What are you doing wrong?" Or they, mm, you know, mm, something mm. wrong with your parenting. The judgment. You're causing it. The judgment and. I'm learning more and more that, you know, it's so important, the voices that you listen to. And that's, it goes back to the text in the Bible, guarding the avenues to your soul. Because yeah. when you think of it, you're, you're frustrated, you're drained, you're, it's so intense. And you're like, you want support. You want to, I mean, who wants their children to be having, nobody wants that, right? No. So you're looking for solutions. Mm. And instead of solutions, you're being told it's your fault. You're being told that, you know, it's something you did. I'm not saying that as parents, we're perfect and we can't learn or grow. I'm not saying that. However, it puts a different spin on things when this is how the approach is. And, yeah. you know, there's, uh, it, it's just taking it in stages and being lonely emotionally will lead you to into deeper, deeper, deeper spirals, which are not healthy as well. And that's why, it's important to really get that support. First of all, always just be honest. And that's something I learned from you, just being open and honest with where you are, how you're feeling, that's okay. And then taking that other step as well. Yeah, and as we're learning honesty, we, we learn the people that are safe enough for us to be honest with. So if there's mm -hmm. anybody that's struggling with emotional loneliness and not having a safe space to pray, that really hit me. Um, and this was written, I have to say, by Dr. Um, Christy Bauman on her Instagram. When you find in a safe space to pray, it really spoke to my heart. Um, so if you are in that place, th the person who shares their story too, the person who listens without judgment and the person who just lets you be who you are and that they, you know, is showing that they have their they're safe. 
you know, Kersha, when I when I speak to parents who have children with neurodiverse children with ADHD or children on the autistic spectrum or um, children with dyslexia, children who struggle with um, processing in, in I mean, it's just we, we are so fearfully and wonderfully made. Our children are fearfully and wonderfully made, but our children are different. And I tend to see parents with children and neurodiverse children that struggles with a lot of loneliness and not having safe spaces to pray or um, because it's seen as something is wrong and yes. it needs it needs to be fixed. And if you just do these things, you'll fix your child and then they'll be fine. And so there's a lot of shame as well uh, that, that comes in in there as well. So what, what are some of the things that parents who are struggling with? You talk about loneliness um, and emotional loneliness. What do you do that a parent could model um, or take something from to help them in those times? To be honest, one of the things I've had to learn to do over the years is just to be honest with how I'm feeling, be honest with how my, my boys are, where they're at, and also realizing that every child develops differently and that's okay. You'll get and a, a different pace. Leader. Yes. And another thing which I have had to do personally is accepting my boys for who they are where they're at so yeah. I started off with you know even going to church I didn't want to stay there after after the the class right with them because you know they'll be running up and down and all of that and you're getting all those eyes and you know I had to reach a point where I realized they're children and it's okay you know not saying you want your kids to be all over however you have to reach a point where you are loving your children unconditionally. You're That's loving it. them through the tears, loving them through the tantrums, learning that it's not about, you know, it's not really that something is wrong with them. They just need support. Another thing I had to realize was be honest. As adults, we go through tantrums too in a different way. And, mm. you know, sometimes even worse, it can be drinking, alcohol, whatever. We handle tantrums differently as adults. And sometimes another thing I had to do was like, look at it and say, how fair are you? You want your children to be at a standard. Are you even at that standard? You want mm. them to sit still, be perfect, do this. But are you even, you're not like that. You want to break. Sometimes you, you know, you have low moments too. So definitely setting up to intentionally love your children unconditionally mm. no matter what to the tears it's hard you're gonna love them you're gonna do what you can keep learning i've realized that the more i read more books the more I'm in certain groups i can hear the hearts of other moms mm. and uh, you know that helps it makes you know that it's not alone it's not something you're doing wrong and another thing i had to do was uh, how do I explain this? Let uh, the not not internalize some of the judgment or the harsh attacks. Like you know, we can be around certain family or friends. And I remember um, just a few weeks ago, um, we were you know we we're you know hanging out with some friends, and it was getting late, and I was as happy to be hanging with friends. Over my boys, they were getting really tired, and they kept saying they want to go home, and. You know, and then a meltdown started and one of my friends, she was like, you know, she's never seen it, somebody be like this. And, you know, I, I really felt crushed because I was like, you know, 
when you hear somebody say that it, it, it can be heartbreaking. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. so I have to learn that even when I get here comments like that, persons mm -hmm. are speaking from where they're at. I don't have to accept it. I can mm -hmm. listen. Oh, okay. And I don't have to feel compelled to respond or mm -hmm. to prove anything to justify anything because you have to put your filters on and be focused. You have to do that. You have to realize in the end that God loves your little ones even more than you, more than yeah. anybody else. So he is there guiding us, giving us strength, and he is helping them along with their development. So those are some of the things I've had to realize and do and just talk to them. I found the more I talk, the more I just kind of be okay. It's okay if one day it doesn't go as fine as we wanted. Can we end the day on a good note? reading, playing, laughing, you know, having fun. Because in the end, it's going to be the memories too that are so priceless, right? And yeah. so those are some of the things that I've really implemented. And another thing too I do, I'm no more conscious of where I go and how our days are. So I'm not into now packing a million things into the day. If I can opt not to do one thing, that's okay. So I'm not thinking about them. Am I going to be dragging them all over doing you know, so many things in one day, getting them tired. And so, which might, you know, lead to another tantrum. So those are some of the things I'm mindful of, mm -hmm. thinking about them in their shoes. Are they tired? Are they hungry? So just connecting with your little ones definitely will help. And also realizing that every parenting journey is going to be different. And that's absolutely, fine. that's okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. I hear so much grace that you offer to yourself in those moments and even people too, because you're saying, I, I put my filter on, I'm not compelled to answer, I don't have to respond, and I don't have to take on what they say. That, that, yeah. how, 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 what was the journey like for you to get to that place where you didn't allow people's comments to, to to hurt you to um impact you and you respond out you you become reactive how what was that journey like it was a long journey there's some days i still struggle with it i first had to realize that people speak from their experiences and where they are and yeah. it started to be honest early when they were even before one when persons would say okay give all these tips for babies like you know mm. they always get them very tired and they'll sleep through the night that wasn't working so I realized do this do that. and I realized that a lot of times people have all these advices <laughs> and it doesn't apply to you they don't no. know your situation they don't know that guess what um when I go home it doesn't matter how we had a long day there they lose energy so they don't know so they're talking from where they're at so one of the things I had to do was realize that not all advice has to be accepted. I had to realize that and be okay with that. I had to stop mm -hmm. trying to do this, do this, do that, and just take a step back and observe and understand. There's this book. Um, it's about French parenting. A mom gave me, told me about it early. And one of the things it says, it's so important to observe and understand your children. So that's one of the things I started to do so that yes. the more I understood them, I realized that, okay, this advice is just not going to work and that's okay. So getting mm -hmm. out of that guilt trip to think that if somebody says something and gives you advice from a good place, you have to implement it. You have to accept it. You don't. So th that was one of the steps I had to take. 
and that, and that was pretty hard, especially when it's coming from your close family, right? Yeah. <laughs> your mom or your auntie saying, you should do this, you need to not homeschool, you need to, you know, you get all these things. However, you have to be firm and you have to realize that you're answerable to God. So it's it's not even, it's it's deeper than all these advice. In the end, God is leading you and yes. we are relying on God for guidance. That's and it. he definitely will impress on your heart and see what should you what should you not do. He loves your children more than anybody else, more than you do. So more than we do. Things that I have to do to reach to that point. And I also realized that, to be honest, sometimes when people are giving advice, it's not really for the children's best. It's really for them. So they might say, okay, you know, just take them outside or don't bring them in you know, because they're going to cry. That's really because they don't want the embarrassment or I probably didn't want to be embarrassed or, you know, the crying child. So looking at the source or the reason of the advice, is it really in the best interest of my little ones? Those were some of the things I had to reevaluate. And, yeah. and I had to be at the point to where I realized that I'm their protector. So yeah. I can't just care if somebody says, do this, do that. I'm ultimately responsible for them and their protector. I feel I'm not perfect and I'm growing and that's, you know, that's okay. And those are some of the things I had to really implement and tighten up on, keep learning, keep re-implementing to realize mm -hmm. that not all advice is, you know, means you have yeah. to accept That sounds like quite a journey just knowing that I can't take all the advice that is given. Uh, and sometimes some people take it really personal when they give advice. That might be good advice for them, but it won't be applicable to our situation. And that's one of the things that we have to learn, that I have to know my children and their learning style, their habits, um, what they're struggling with, and, and apply the advice within that. When, when our twins were eight, we went to we went to lunch with um, a family and my son at that time could not sit still. He had to move. So even at church, I would just leave him because he would listen to the sermon on the floor with his back, with his foot put, you know, on the bench. Just mm -hmm. But when we go home, he is the child that could tell you what the pastor said, but he can't, <laughs> he can't sit on color. But that's the yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? People want children to sit still and color. Like yes. you never sat still when you were eight, but you want the child to sit still and they're eight. Yeah, and so, we have adults who are not sitting still. They need a break, they get up too, right? Yeah. And so I would just let him lie on the floor and do church from there. Um so one we went to this lunch and this other family was there. Now this couple didn't have children and they she because my son was moving about he was moving not in the house he was we were in the garden so I stayed in the garden with him and he was moving he was climbing he was touching the, the host had no problem with it at all but this woman wanted to come and have a sit down with me about my son's behavior <laughs> and how she was why couldn't he sit down I, I, I said to that lady and she came on a bad day and I asked her kindly to leave my house I said <laughs> I did not thank her. I said, I'm going to ask you to leave. It's not a good day. And it's not a good day for me to have this conversation with you. Could you please leave? Because yeah. I, I really take issue with people who don't have children giving me advice about parenting. Because yes. you, might have, you might have an idea about what you think a, ch a child's behavior should be. But you don't know the backstory 
and you don't mm -hmm. know what is happening. And so when you don't know, then it's best if you come out, come have a conversation to learn about the child, to learn about us, to learn about our parenting style, to learn about the context and what else is happening and listen. And from that place, then maybe your, your advice might be needed. It might not be needed. So, mm -hmm. you know, what I'm the message I want to send to people who do this or people who um, are looking on, I think support parents, support mothers that you see is struggling and, and a child's behavior that it looks unacceptable. Support the mother and make it a safe space. You be a safe space for that, for that mother, that parent that is struggling with a child and you don't understand the context. You don't know why the tantrum is happening. Exactly. You, you just don't know why they can't sit still and why they have to move about. It could be just a whole range of things. Why they, you know, this, this mother, why they are not academically where you think they should be. You mm -hmm. think they should be, and we're not God and, and nobody is behind anybody else. And children develop at a pace that is that God design, I think. Exactly. And another thing I, I, sh I shared with someone the other day, like, you know, we're talking about different ways of disciplining and, you know, handling tantrums. And I said to the person, you know, would you want the same, you're, you're suggesting these methods, would you be saying this if it was a disabled child or a special needs child or, you know, extra special needs, that's what I call them. And they were like, no, I'm like, well, technically, every breakdown in behavior is connected to something that's not fully developed, right? Yeah. So why is it that, you know, you're, you're expecting this? And so we have to bear that in mind, that grace. And I think a lot of times grace is not extended to children. You know, and sometimes I'm thinking, you know, you're not going to ask a baby to cook. So why are you expecting at this age children to be emotionally mature? Some adults never even get emotionally mature. Not that it's right, but that it's the... Uh, yeah, it, it's a struggle. It's a journey. And we have to be more patient. And uh, I know that's coming from, you know, our culture, how things are looked at. It, it's It's been that intense struggle in handling, you know, different views of discipline and parenting. However, it goes all, it go, always goes back to, you know, loving your child unconditionally you can't over love your child so no you have to think about what is important what is is it most important that your child sits still in church or doesn't scream or, or know they're loved and these things will come in time so we have to realize it's a journey and that's yes. one of the things i've had to realize more and more even on days when i'm like oh no not again <laughs> i have to realize that it's a journey it's a tough journey. It's an intense journey. And I have, to, as I'm learning, I have to make sure that I am supporting other parents, moms and dads as well. Because if, yeah. if I don't offer that grace, then who knows what might happen to them. So it has led me to be more sympathetic, supportive of other persons, other moms, Definitely. when I see them going through tough times. Because I don't think that's there enough. It's too much judgment and, you know, quick fixes and persons just want to have a certain portrait of what's really should life should be. Like what it should look like. I'm really glad it sounds like because you've experienced this emotional loneliness that you talk about and not having a safe space to pray that you can be that safe space for somebody else to, to, um, 
to pray because you're understanding of people's individual journeys um, and the, the experiences that the children are having now and how that's going to shape them. And that's what I said to somebody this morning that my husband and I had to meet with about our son. I said, I don't mind people talking to my children, but I mind how you talk to my children. Exactly. That bit I mind. I mind, I'm, I, I mind the words that you use. I mind how you use those words. And I mind that the impression that you leave with them, that Mm -hmm. that is my that is my um thing because sometimes there are adults who feel like they just can say anything um and and say it anyway and it's the same way they will try and tell us how to parent not that advice is bad um but try and learn some of the context first I, I think what I'm saying is Kersha let us work together to make the space safe for parents to pray like I yeah just, we, I love that we, line we must, so much and we have to see also that children are humans. They need to be respected just like adults. It's not looking down, just like how in some circles they might look down on women or so. We should not be looking down on children. We should not be looking down at other parents because of where they're at. You know, every parent is, uh, your parent is shaped by your experiences, your culture. And it's always that uh, turmoil to decide what do you leave, what do you add, what do you break free from. So, you know, these are the things, past stories are impacting our lives. So we need to now be at that point where will we let it keep impacting our lives? Will we be different? And it's not easy for everyone. And we have to understand that and be sympathetic and understanding and realize that does it really matter if, you know, your child is still and be a safe space for other moms other dads because mm. it can, mm. it can get pretty intense and I always think about you know sometimes you hear stories of mom doing stuff and all that hurtful things and the judgment will come on and I'm like you know a lot of times you don't even understand what people are going through why they had to get to that point it's easy yeah. to say those are that why did they have to get to that point right and it's uh, again going back to being supportive because you can be around people and you'll never want to share with them, right? Why is that? Because you don't feel safe. You feel that you feel if safe. you ever say this, you're going to be seen as, you know, being judged. You're going to be judged or seen like you're a bad parent. And we hide behind that. I've hidden behind that so many times because, okay, if I ever say this, I'm going to be like, at, I'm going to be a really bad, bad mom. And I remember... I was hosting a baby where I was hosting a baby shower and you know at baby shower it's, it's a nice time excitement you know celebrating a little one and you know I raised the issue like I was like what about those intense moments in parenting those hard times how do you handle that and uh, you know one your person just started sharing and sharing and sharing and I was like look at that these are the conversations we should be having yeah. hard times in parenting times when you don't want to be a parent times when you you know you don't even know what to do you've tried the, the, the other 10 things on the list from the therapy you've tried everything and you don't know what next to do nothing is working nothing is seem like it's impactful these are the moments we need to be able to reach out and have a safe space non-judgmental that is always yeah. important non-judgmental yeah. safe space yeah, you know, as one of the things that something keeps coming back to my mind that the person with the, with the perfect teen. And one of the things I'd said to myself when I was um, 
when our twins were born and they're 16 now. And I said, I'm not accepting terrible twos and I'm not going, I'm not going to accept the status quo, like the terrible twos and the difficulties. Yes. Um, but what I find, Kersha, is that I, my husband and I, we needed to change so much in order to be a safe space for our children to, if something is going on, they can come and talk to us about it. So they don't have to act out with behavior, but children are going to act out anyway. Yes. But but we've had to unlearn so much of our stories to become that place where our teen can feel safe enough in that they can be themselves. And, yes. and somebody said, well, when we were growing up in Africa and the Caribbean, we couldn't do that. I said, but it didn't mean it doesn't mean that we didn't need it. It exactly. just means that it just means that we couldn't be normally naturally um, expressive it wasn't allowed it doesn't mean that it wasn't needed and my my children are respectful obedient kind all of that kind of stuff but we I find as, as a person I've had to expand so much unlearn a lot of stuff and relearn in order to be a place where my 16 year old son can call and say can I talk to you uh, and my yes. daughter can say mom can we talk and I value those times more than anything else because I know the work that go into it but when the journey was happening, it might look different to people. Because I remember somebody said to me one time, we were at a family camp and I called my son and he didn't come. And I think he was about nine or 10. And somebody says, oh, whoa, Joe, he's not perfect. <laughs> I'm like, but we never said he was. <laughs> so. Exactly. And it's, and it's moving away from those type of cynical, well, not, not, not letting those cynical comments impact you because persons have this this you know thing that okay you're trying your best to be a better parent change because I've had there's so many changes I've had to make personally and still make so they're thinking that because you want to do better you want to strive higher then it's like that sarcasm that's cynical and striving for growth striving to be a better person different doesn't mean that it's perfect there's no perfection let's 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 be honest there's no perfection it's right different. no perfection here it's just different in a different way and that's okay so we have to understand that our children won't be perfect we won't be perfect parents however we're going to be the best ones to Christ that we can be and strive for that for our kids as well that's for our little ones as well that's what we have to look at and that's one of the things I've had to learn more and more that I'm not perfect. There's a whole lot for me to learn, learn, unlearn, relearn. It's all about learning and that's okay. And I find some persons are not willing to learn. They're like, oh, it has to be this way. They have to be spanked. They have to do this. They have to do that. And it's it's just so different. When we think about it, there are so many different ways Jesus handled persons over the time. They were all different. There's so many different strategies and connection points you use so it's bearing those things in mind as well as we you know desire for that space space and after I have to comment to that there are times where you might not easily find a safe space it, no. and you might find you have to just cry yet a lot of times you have had to just be crying I've had to search for things to read so I would add to our listeners that doing your best until you can have a physical person to talk to or share or a group, do your best until you can find that safe space. Don't 
you know, because sometimes persons will say, okay, you got to reach out and so to some, sometimes you're so low, you, you, you don't, you can't even have that energy to reach out. So we have to think yeah. about those persons too. You know, yeah. you might not readily find that safe space instantly. However, what can you do in the meantime until you find that safe space to keep going? That absolutely. I think that's important to talk about too. Absolutely, 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 Kersha. You know, um, as you were talking and I shared about having to expand and to unlearn some of the stories that we've learned, I have an attachment challenge that I'm going to put below this video. It's a 30 day attachment challenge where you get one audio every day. I'm going to put the link below the video. So if there's a if there's somebody that's struggling, that is struggling to connect, that is struggling to do the sifting that you talked about, that is struggling to know how to manage behavior, and they're frustrated and they want some tools that they attach, the 30 day attachment challenge is an amazing life changing resource that we have here at Wounds to Scars. And I know it is because I get that feedback from people who didn't know how to uh, hug to is able to do it now and manage their tone and manage everything so that they can, um, so that they can parent in a diff in a different way. Um, thank you, Kersha, for coming and for us to talk about this subject. I know we talk about this all the time, yeah. <laughs> offline. Off so thank you. Just, to, just in case anyone wants to find you, Kersha, where can people find you? Um, online well um kasha can we can find me on instagram and there's a cash lab and you can i'm on facebook and linkedin so yeah and my website is www.thecashlab.ca so you can find me on all those platforms and yeah i'm happy to talk <laughs> and as i said kersha is a contributing author to the come and devotional and she writes about parenting that that journey um amazing journey that she's having with her boys in the devotional and how God has led her. You will want to read her stories. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for joining me in this episode of Stories That Shape Us. I hope you'll join me on the next story. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to Stories That Shape Us with Joanna Daniel. To learn more about Wounds to Scars and the work that we do with adult survivors of childhood trauma and women who experience abuse, you can visit our website at woundstoscars.com.